Some of you may know my hobby when I'm not preaching and teaching is Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu. And in BJJ, there is this phenomenon that occurs when someone comes in for a trial class or their day one class where they have all the wrong instincts. In order to protect themselves, they normally actually give up their back and end up getting choked much faster if they were to ignore their instincts. You see this happen with kids in T-ball, too, as we talked about with the kids. Whenever the ball is coming toward their face, they're supposed to keep their eye on the ball and put their glove up so they can catch it, but instead they turn and hide from it and sometimes get hit in the head. It's been known to happen. The point is our instincts are not always right, whatever they may be. Sometimes our instincts end up harming us more than they end up helping us. That's what Paul is talking about when he says we have desires of the flesh. You can look down if you don't believe you're a sinful human and you can pinch yourself and see that you have flesh. And you know that that flesh is corrupt because you will return to dust one day. We all will face the judgment of death. And with corrupt flesh come corrupt desires, corrupt instincts. There are things that we see in the world that maybe we know aren't exactly right, but yet we still want them. Paul talks about this in Romans 7 when he says, the things that I want to do, I struggle to do, and the things that I know are wrong, I still do them. And you can look at the list that Paul gives here, this vice list of all these desires of the flesh that we struggle with as corrupt humans. Whenever Paul gives a list, it's important to realize he's giving you a list to make you think. You can think about the things on the list, but then you can also in your own life go home and you can add to the list as well. It's an exercise, it's a rhetorical advice to help you think. But we can take some of the examples that he gives here. Let's start with this one, idolatry. And let's face it, the biggest idols that most people have are money and time. Mammon and the calendar. That's the idols of most people. And why is it? Why is it that we have these instincts that with our money, it's always to serve us. We have these instincts that if I have enough money, then I can solve all the problems because I can buy whatever drug I need to heal myself. I can buy whatever new thing it is to make me happy. And why is it that we have these instincts that if I just had a couple more hours each day, then I would really be able to make myself happy to get everything I wanted to get done? These are the instincts that we have. Or you can look at jealousy, which one of us has not looked at someone in a certain position and thought, I could do better. Maybe I should be in that position. And maybe it's as simple as going through the drive-thru. This happened to me yesterday and the guy just messes up your order in like five different ways and you're like why is he doing this i know i could do better than he could but we become jealous maybe not exactly of his job but we think in ourselves pridefully that we know better how to do things we have better ideas better ways maybe it's something a little more serious than a drive-through maybe it's our boss at work or 
someone with a different political opinion, whatever it is. You can look at Jesus with the ten lepers today. The instinct of most of them was to just go take care of themselves after they had been cleansed. They did not think about Jesus first. Focused totally inwardly. Fits of anger, these are also easy to come by. Whether it's our spouse or our children or a friend, or maybe the guy at the drive through it's easy to get very angry very quickly. We know we shouldn't. We know it's not helpful. We know it's not going to make him fix our order, whatever the case may be. I'm not really that upset about it. It's just, just on my mind. <laughs> These things happen. But why is it our instinct? We know it's not going to help, but it's our instinct. It's a desire of the flesh. There's something about us that likes getting angry. There's something about us that likes how we feel when we're yelling at someone. Very corrupt we are. Or divisions, you can think about that the same way. Think about all the divisions in our society. We kind of like it. We kind of like watching whatever channel we watch and watching them lambast the other channel. We kind of like divisions. We like it when people fight. Sexual immorality and drunkenness. Why is it that things are such as party schools, there's one across the street, exist with that name? Because there's something about us when it comes to sexual immorality and drunkenness and things like that, that we like to push the limits. There's something about this that finds it exciting to see what sexual immorality looks like outside of marriage or sexuality outside of marriage. There's something about us that wants to know how we'll feel if we have one more drink. Instincts we have, desires we have, they are not good for us, but they are there. And so what do you do about those things? That's what Paul is talking about today. And he says this, walk by the Spirit and you will not gratify the desires of the flesh. Walk by the Spirit. We can go back to our earlier analogy to think about what that means. How does someone in sports train to get rid of those bad instincts? Well, first of all, they are taught. They are taught what is right and what is wrong. They are taught why you shouldn't give up your back and why you should keep your eye on the ball. This is what... Solomon is talking about to his son in the Proverbs. He says, I have taught you the way of wisdom. I have led you in the paths of uprightness. So when you walk, your step will not be hampered. And if you run, you will not stumble. Keep hold of my instruction. Do not let it go. Guard her, for she is your life. We must be taught what is right and wrong according to God's word. This is one of the problems with the corruption of human flesh and with the problem of having bad instincts is we don't always know what is right and wrong. We do have some good instincts. The law is written on our hearts. But sometimes in this corrupt world, it is hard to tell. But the good news is God is God and you are not. And God designed the world to work in a certain way. And he gave you his word to teach you, to show you the way of right and wrong, 
to show you the way of uprightness, to show you what is a desire of the flesh and what is a fruit of the spirit, for these things are opposed to each other. And so first we must be taught and we must submit ourselves to God's word because sometimes we don't know better. Sometimes our instincts are wrong. And the second thing we must do is train. That's what they do in sports. Repetition upon repetition of doing the right thing, even if it's not natural to us, helps us to learn the way of uprightness. And Paul exhorts us to these things. It doesn't sound very Lutheran. I think a more Lutheran way to say this, if Paul wanted to say this, would be that, yes, you mess up, you give in to the desires of the flesh sometime, but you're forgiven, and in that forgiveness, now you can go and do the fruits of the Spirit. That's not what he says here, unfortunately, maybe, to some of our ways of thinking. He simply says, walk by the Spirit. Do it. Train. We'll get to the rest of it later. We'll talk a little bit more about how we can do this and why we can do this. But that's not where Paul starts. He just says, walk by the Spirit. And so let's think about some of these fruits of the Spirit now. We thought about some of the desires of the flesh. Let's think about some of these fruits of the Spirit and how we can train them to help guard us against the desires of the flesh, for these things are opposed to one another. So you thought about idolatry with money and time. Think about faithfulness now in stewardship. It's not our instinct to give a percentage of our money as the first fruits of our paycheck to the church every month. But you can practice this. You can train this as good stewardship, and you can train yourself in your time to come to church every week. Maybe it's not your instinct. Maybe your instinct is to sleep in. Hopefully you're not sleeping in till 4 p.m. But you can train yourself to do this. You can come every week and you can write the check. And the more you do it, the easier it will get. The more it will become your habit and your instinct. We talked about jealousy. Think now about kindness. Maybe go to that person who you think you could do a better job then and find something to compliment them about. And I'm not talking about just go compliment them because pastor told you to compliment them on Sunday morning or Sunday afternoon, a fake compliment, but truly talk to them and find something that is worth complimenting them about. Be kind to them. Because maybe then your relationship can grow a little past you being jealous of them. We talked about fits of anger. Think about patience. In a world of instant gratification, in a world of lots of social media where you scroll and scroll and scroll really fast so you never get bored, it is very hard to be patient. But how can you train yourself for patience? There's lots of things you can do. Maybe tomorrow morning when you wake up, don't pick up your phone for 30 minutes and fill that time up with a devotion instead. Don't let yourself be gratified so instantly all the time. Train yourself. Maybe make a homemade from scratch meal rather than eating out. That sounds like a very simple 
thing has nothing really to do with the Bible per se. But you can train yourself to have reward for your patience. And these are good things. And if you really struggle with anger, this is something I get asked a lot about. How can you help yourself not get so angry so quickly? Maybe try some breathing exercises. If you feel yourself getting angry, take three deep breaths. Again, this is very practical advice. There's no law about these things in the Bible, but it is God-pleasing to train yourself in the fruits of the Spirit. However that looks for you, it is God-pleasing. We talked about divisions. Think about peace. Maybe that person who you think is so utterly wrong in your life that you could never talk to them. Maybe go and talk to them and just try and find out why they are coming from where they're coming from. Most people don't have the philosophies of life they have for some random, absolutely insane reason. Most people grew up in a certain way and have had certain teachers and have certain influences that they are the way they are for a reason. And maybe if you take the time to find out that reason, they'll listen to you when you want to tell them about Jesus. We talked about sexual immorality and drunkenness. You can think about self-control. How do you train self-control? Jesus gives us an idea. He says, when you fast, fast like this. When you fast, you train yourself to be able to say no to food now and then. And if you can say no to something as base and simple as food, then maybe you can train yourself to say no to that extra drink whenever the time comes. Now, the analogy does fall apart. It is good to train. And it is good to be taught. And that is really important. But Paul does say a few things here. And in the broader context of Galatians, I think it's important to say that walking by the Spirit is not just like training a sport. Walking by the Spirit is, at the end of the day, for the Christian, a way of life. It's about who you are. And so why can you train? And how can you listen to God's word? And how can you recognize the desires of the flesh? It's because you are baptized. You belong to Jesus Christ. This is how Paul ends this passage. He says, And those who belong to Christ Jesus have crucified the flesh with its passions and desires. You who have been baptized into Jesus' death and resurrection... You who belong to Christ Jesus, this is who you are. It's not just a hobby like Brazilian jiu-jitsu. It's not just a sport you play or put your kids in like t-ball. It is fundamentally who you are. This is why Paul doesn't just call it the practices of the Spirit. He says it is the fruit of the Spirit. And a good tree bears good fruit. And so above all else, yes, recognize the bad instincts, train for the good ones. But above all else, remember who you are. Remember that you belong to Jesus and that in him, even when you mess up, even when you fall into those temptations, and as you're training for the good instincts, that you are a good tree in Jesus Christ, that he forgives all of your sins, and that he is making you to be his own child, that you belong to him. 
and that as that good tree, the good fruit will naturally come. And so be who you are. Belong to Jesus Christ. Amen.